Hello, I'm Neil Moody, editorial hairstylist, YouTuber, Instagrammer, Facebooker, interviewer, etc, etc. And welcome to the second series of my In Bed with Neil Moody podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to be notified about new episodes. In series one, I interviewed friends and work colleagues from the fashion and beauty industry who are entrepreneurial and also think outside the box. In series two, I'm expanding outside of my industry a little more and I'm subtitling this series, Turning a Corner. For this episode eight of series two, I'm super excited to say that I'm joined by two wonderful women who I've known for over 20 years. They are 90s British supermodels, Erin O'Connor and Jade Parfit. Erin and Jade began modeling just after the Kate Moss grunge for all. And like Kate, their careers went stratospheric being shot by the best photographers for the biggest magazines, ad campaigns, and walking the runways for the biggest fashion houses in the world. Unlike Kate though, these two women were both over six feet tall and defined another new era of models who looks were so individual that they could never be mistaken for anybody else. In this, their Virgin podcast interview, they talked to me about how their modeling careers began, their defining moments, what it's like to feel less popular as they grew older in an industry where youth is celebrated, becoming mothers for the first time in motherhood, returning to the fashion and beauty industry that has since become more diverse than ever before, championing varying races, size and age. They also discussed their lives outside of modeling, including the charity work that they've both been involved in. By the way, when we recorded this interview, I was suffering quite severely with laryngitis, so apologies for my husky voice. But without further ado, let's go and meet these two amazing women. Hi, girl! Hi, Neil! So excited! I've got Erin O'Connor and Jade Puffett sat in front of me. Alright. In my flat. How are you? Um, girls. Hiya. Both part of the crop of British models that stormed onto the scene at the tail end of the Kate Moss Waif years in the mid-90s. And you're part of the Six Foot Plus Brigade. <laughs> we are. We are. I think they're yeah, only two of members. How tall are you both? I'm six one. Yeah. I think I'm six foot one, maybe just a tiny bit under. Tiny bit under. On a good posture day, I think I'm six one. Okay. And, I'm a slouch. And in a picture, you make me look about five three. Just, <laughs> hashtag just saying. <laughs> So I want to start with, I want to talk about where you were born and what your childhood was like and everything else. Who wants to go first? Parfit, you can go first. Oh, go on then. Oh, thanks. Jade, all I know is that you are born in West London and moved to Devonshire when you were 14. Oh, Fill that's true. The rest in. There were, there were yeah. a few other moves, actually. I've lived in, um, so I was born in London, but I then lived in Somerset for a little while. Then we moved to North Wales, where I sort of lived in a little cottage on the side of a hill with oh, no one else around us. Yes, yeah, so oh, well, I spoke yeah. Welsh at school. <laughs> then we moved back to London and then finally we moved to Devon when I was 14. Right. Um, but that is really feels like home. Mum, mum's still down there, and it's gorgeous. You yeah. don't feel like a Londoner. Well, I mean, I I do. I mean, in my bones, mm. but the family is Devon, mm. so I don't know. I yeah. don't know where we're at these days. Also, <laughs> also, I moved out of London two years ago, <clears throat> yeah. so that's quite a weird adjustment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Erin, Brown Hills? Uh, well, I grew up near you. Yeah. I mean, not in your house well, or not anything. <laughs> in our garden. But near enough. I, I knew you before mm-hmm. I knew you. And yeah. I heard you before I got to know you and call oh, you God. my friend. But I grew up in a classic um, Irish community. 
So lots of Irish came over in the 50s and 60s. And my dad came over late 60s. I met my mom in the Shamrock nightclub in Birmingham. And then they settled and we moved around a little bit as well. And because I was child three of four, they finally got a house. So that was good news, but I think you had to qualify by the number of kids you had. Right. So, but um, I had a great time growing mm. up, so it wasn't that far from Birmingham, but Brown Hills is sort of really the arse end. Yeah. And then up the road, you've got Lichfield, which is very iconic. So when I looked out the back window, I had rolling fields, a cathedral spine, a railway, and then out the front was a kind of more of an urban jungle <laughs> situation. Yeah. But all the doors matched. Right. And people were quite purposeful with how they added flair, even though everything was very the same. Yeah. So one neighbour had a white tyre and he painted it and turned it into like a flower box and then we all did it. Oh, brilliant. There's this funny little touches that added flair. So there was creativity for me right from the start. Yeah. On a budget, but, you know, that's when the best things happen. Definitely. When there's a budget, there's creativity. Oh, yes. Or lack of. There's more. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But Jade, were you more in the countryside house on its own we did a real mix of being in town and being literally on a hill in the middle of nowhere (laughs) and I so I sort of I think I've always loved that I always sort of I love living in cities but then I always Mm -hmm. crave getting out of town yeah so like we're at the end of fashion week right now and I think tomorrow um I'll go back tonight to to my kids in Bath but Mm. I think I might go on to Devon tomorrow right and have a couple of days down there by the sea. Right. Oh, so I, I just like a real mix of things. Yeah. You just like being on tour, really, don't I you? I like being on tour. <laughs> yeah. 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 I do. on tour. I think that's one of the things about modelling. I know. You just, you always get itchy feet. If yes. you're anywhere for more than about yeah. two weeks. I think the ready, fashion industry yeah. does that to you yeah. a bit, doesn't it? It makes you get a bit... Like, you can't a bit like, mm, maybe I'll go there for a bit now. I know. Yeah. You get antsy, definitely. And then... Yeah. It's actually quite satisfying. It's a bit of a triumph when you end up being a willing nomad. Yeah. And and then somehow you're kind of everywhere but there. I always think with us a lot, I've got friends everywhere, which is brilliant. So no matter where you land, you're bombing around, there's always someone yeah. that you can be with. Yeah. And I love that because mm. we are always on the road. Yeah. yeah. So in terms of modelling... Modelling! Modelling. Tell me if I'm wrong. Erin, you were discovered at the clothes show in yes. Birmingham. And Jade, you won a modelling competition. I did! <laughs> yes, I did. On this morning. Oh. On this morning. I, I mean, story. God, I haven't right. thought about this story for a long time. I have. My, <laughs> my grandma, who's still with us, 96. Wonderful she is. She, um, she entered me. Or no, she she called my mum because she used to watch this morning every right. morning. Who was Back presenting the day, it then? It was Richard and Judy. <gasps> But they weren't there. Right. <laughs> it was the holiday couple. Right. I mean, sorry, I should know who they are, but I can't remember. And well, uh, so it was my 50 mom, years ago. <laughs> Ninety-five years ago. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, I yeah. Um, <coughs> so my mom entered me in this competition, not mm. really thinking I'd probably get anywhere. So she didn't tell me about it. And so then I was literally revising for my mock GCSEs. I mean, I say revising. I was bumming around with my friends at school. Pretending. She came into school. I don't know why she couldn't wait till after school, but she came into school and found me on my lunch break and said, you're going to be on live TV next week. And I, was, I literally thought she'd lost her mind. 
I thought she'd lost her mind. I was like, yeah. what do you mean? I nearly didn't go because I actually got in a bit of a panic about it. Did you? Yeah. yeah. You're like, fuck I was quite, I wasn't a young, I was quite a young, I was quite a naive 15, you yeah. know, I wasn't, you know, some, some 15 year olds are like 25 year olds, I was like a 15 year old, I still quite like climbing trees and like riding horses. And I haven't thought about modelling at all. Not really, no. I didn't, I wasn't one of those girls that read magazines and, yeah. you know, I was, what, I like wasn't me. really. <laughs> <laughs> what oh, me? Oh, I love, I'd say I, love I loved a bit of it. I mean, it's amazing what you think is fashion. I think fashion is all about, um where you're influenced and mm. what you see as being popular and but I first saw you Jade in Sky magazine <laughs> oh yeah which was the bible for oh, teenagers I loved Sky magazine and um so I knew you before I met you there's like a reoccurring theme here isn't there <laughs> yeah. and I was obsessed I was obsessed with because we're like sisters now yeah. I mean actually it worse we're mm, twins yeah. Yeah. yeah it's just like a night and day version you with the blonde Nordic and the blue eyes and me with the yeah actually White hair, <laughs> <laughs> fabulous white hair. Yes, white but hair. that's where I first saw you, and I did, I remember the picture so clearly. You were wearing a little baby doll dress, and you had really, really, really long legs. <laughs> I remember that. That was do a Christoph Kuttner shoe. Christoph Kuttner with him all the time. I love it. I still alive. I know. <laughs> Sadly, no, sorry, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Oh, dear, I had to Christoph was extraordinary, and he yeah. very sadly passed away a couple of years ago, mm. I believe. I hadn't seen him in a long time, but he is responsible for lots of wonderful, very early pictures and shoots that uh, we mm. all did with him. Yeah, you won the competition, um, so didn't then, you? yes, but what it was, was it was the first ever phone in vote, it was like <gasps> pre X Factor, right. people had to phone in for their favorite, yeah. And there were five girls and five boys. And I genuinely... It, my mum's got this video and the look on my face when they say I've won. She's quite enough to see I mean, there's no kind of like media help. That, you know, nobody trained me. No. Do you know what I mean? So I'm literally standing there like... There's like, a camera thrust The whole world has gone through. I was just like, oh my God. Yeah. It's and I basically won a bunch of flowers. Intense. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that was it. But, but it was with Models 1. Something. So Ellis used to yeah. be at Models 1 and God, she yeah. was there on the competition and I remember she'd said to my mum well she doesn't win don't worry she's coming with me yeah. you oh know? really so, so you're a bit guaranteed well I didn't uh, mum didn't tell me that you mm. know because she didn't want me to ever you know get my hopes up just to get them dashed yeah but um that's how I started oh. and then about two weeks later they called me and said would you come to London because I lived in Devon at the time would you come to London for a casting to meet this really cool young photographer I was like yeah fine it was Craig McDean <laughs> Oh, the mix. Imagine if, I went imagine all the if way to gone, London nah, just to meet Dean and then all the way back on the train. I remember saying, him saying, Would you like a cup of tea? I said, like, Oh no, I've had a go. Yeah, <laughs> need to get back. <laughs> Must go. Must dash. Mm. So that's how I. And did he book you? He did book me. Fantastic. So I was extremely lucky. I had a very like mm. brilliant start. I was yeah. very, very lucky to be with that gang at that mm. time. And in that time, you know, there were so many brilliant things going on in London and yeah. so much creativity around mm. and really like, you know, cool young photographers like Craig and David mm. and all those guys. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I was going to say, did I detect a little, he's hot noise though. Oh, everybody was, was it was Although, Neil. Everybody <laughs> was a bit in love with him though, yeah. old handsome pants. I didn't even know when I thought he was hot. Yeah, 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 yeah it's true. So Erin, you were discovered. I was discovered. At the clothes show in Birmingham, weren't you? I, I was, yes. What was that like though, someone coming up to you going, excuse me, 
Is that about being a model? Well, well, you know, my first reaction, to be honest, was that I was in trouble, or right. that she thought I'd stolen something. <laughs> <laughs> You like that? Did I steal anything? I, well, I know. Let me check my bag. What did I pick up? I, I was bent over double um, in this this bargain bin, and I remember what I was looking at it was a t-shirt, Brilliant. and I'd saved up all my money because I, I obviously clothes show live was on a Sunday afternoon, mm. wasn't it? Yeah. So I'd seen it on the telly, and all the girls always wanted to go. So me and my friend Michelle Smith, hi Michelle, <laughs> uh, we went together, and. She approached me, and it was almost like she was sort of sharking around me. And I can't really remember the year, but she was very charming and quite full-on, and I'd never had anybody at such close proximity mm. before in my life. And that's saying really a lot when your you're from a massive, massive family. And she pulled out a Polaroid, which was the most extraordinary thing, because I could see what I looked like straight away. Yeah. <laughs> and I know that sounds odd, but... We're all from the era when you took a picture, you put film inside, and then it lived in the kitchen drawer for nine years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, apart Someone from went, a, you know, apart yeah. from a school photo, I, you you never really get a, a realistic sense of what you look like. No. And I remember trying to hide the two obvious flaws as I saw them at the time, which was my schnoz, <laughs> right, and yeah. then my teeth, which were covered in metal. I mean, I was really rock and roll right. in the most literal yeah. sense. Um, and then she entered me into the face of 1990, Something. I want to say six. Mm. The prize was that you got to do a spread in Freeman's catalogue. Oh my God, amazing. <laughs> a spread are we talking about? What a <laughs> Slightly less urgent in terms of success yeah. than your story. I, I ended up modelling, my first job was for Freeman's catalogue. Right. But like you, she said, don't worry, babe, don't worry. If you don't win, I'm going to take you on for real. And oh, she okay. did. Yeah. And this was pre-mobile phones. That only really, really rich people had them. Mm. And so I remember queuing at the clothes show, trying to call my parents because I was worried because I was late. It took me three bosses to get there. Yeah. And I said, you'll never guess what happened to me today. And she said, oh, I know. We're going to London on the bus. And the next week, we were in Victoria. And I was changing in the loo at Victoria, trying to put a nice, smart outfit on. Mm. And then all of a sudden, I was signed by Model Swan, and the first thing they did was tell me to take those clothes off and put my jeans back on, because apparently I looked about 34. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and yet, when I put my nice smile. outfit on, oh. and my parents had really been very encouraging and tried yeah. to support me, and we bought new things, and nail varnish, and my hair was all nice, and they were like, yeah, get rid of that. Get rid of that. <laughs> we want the raw. Yeah. It's hard to tell what they want when you start because I guess we were. Well, feel like you well. should be dressing up and. Yeah, really. it's funny your perception oh of it, God. isn't it? Yeah. That you were like, when oh, I need to age. look this way, and then actually yeah. they're like, oh, God, no. No, <laughs> actually, the more you deconstruct, the better they are because actually, in the end, it's about being malleable. And, and mm. then before you know it, you, you don't really have a gauge because I don't look like Kate. <laughs> right, yeah. She's, she, 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 she is. was the one. Still, she, she was the one. She was always the so stylish as well. Well, it seemed to come very naturally to her. She yes, was, yeah. You know. yeah. And so you, you, you sort of subconsciously, you try to look like other people because, again, it goes back to the idea of being influenced and, and, mm. and um, what, what's desirable. So it takes a little while to get kick-started, or it did for me anyway, because mm. I didn't really have a gauge of someone that I could yeah. really relate to. But it was a slow burner for me, definitely. What were your break moments? What do you think was the point where oh, you went, oh, hang on. Yeah. I think I know what Erin's is, yeah. Jade. I'm not sure about yours because I couldn't find it. <laughs> what do you mean? My break <laughs> so, when I, yeah. when I, I know you got like asked to do doing... the Prada show. Yeah, so Prada was my first show. But would you say that was your break show. I think, moment? I don't know. I think just before that, I'd gone to New York to work with 
a photographer I'd never heard of called Stephen Mizell <laughs> to do the never next. Never heard of him. To do the next. Do <laughs> you remember how big the CK1 adverts yes, were? Yeah. So I shot the next one, right. which they didn't end up using because it was too similar to the first one. But I remember being there with Kate, yeah. with Isabella Rossellini and... Sybil Buck, various, I think Kirsten Owen was there again, I feel like there was a whole lineup. but I remember thinking, this is quite a big deal, this isn't Mm. like a sort Mm. of shoot for, you know, I don't know, some of the other bits and pieces I'd I'd done along the way, and I I remember being really excited, because they gave me loads of Calvin Klein undies, as soon as I got home, my sisters just pinched, (laughs) I didn't get them at all, but... Yeah. You know, I remember thinking that's quite a big deal. Like I'd mm. heard of Calvin Klein. <laughs> Do you know what I yeah. mean? Like I genuinely hadn't heard of Prada. <laughs> I remember yeah. going back you. to I'm my schoolmates and saying, "I booked this show. I'm doing Prada," mm. and they were like, "What's that?" Yeah. Do you know what's funny? Yeah. They knew that, what Topshop was, but yeah. they didn't yeah. know that's what, what I mean. Prada you know, was. My first yeah. advertising campaign was Miu Miu with oh, Corinne. Wow. And Miu Miu had just started, and I remember being like, "Never heard of it. I'll yeah. do it with you." I love Corinne, yeah. so I know. Yeah. Somebody that I know said to me. I just heard you did meet me and I was a bit like, yeah, whatever. And then they went, you know, that's Prada. I'm like, and? Yeah. Don't yeah. Really yeah. You, you, you don't get the gravitas of it. No. I think that's a saving grace though, because I think when we all yeah. started out, if you get overwhelmed, I don't think you survive really. Yeah. I think your naivety is almost like armour. Yeah, I agree. You just keep on trucking along. Because I think it is quite easy to be <laughs> overwhelmed in our job. Yeah. yeah. Especially Absolutely. when you're getting free knickers and <laughs> Living it up with Chucked my free pants. I mean, I yeah. got given yeah. a pair of socks the other day at a show and I was so pleased. <laughs> Anyone that's listening, yeah. Hi. Give out any sponsorship. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Always welcome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then Erin, yours was a haircut, wasn't it? Would you well, say? It, before that it was a chance encounter with um, a makeup artist who I still absolutely love called Linda Cantello. Mm-hmm. And Lovely. she said, Listen. I think you could do some good things, but you look like Dr. Spock. So what you need to do is grow your eyebrows back. Because actually, I have a feeling when you do that, things are going to balance out. Did you completely shave your eyebrows off? No, or? I did that thing where I thought it looked really nice if I over-plucked. Oh, okay. But, you know, we didn't have tweezers, so we all used to use my dad's razors. Right. Okay? <laughs> of course, it's a really brilliant idea. Yeah. And I shaved the ends of my eyebrows off. And they never... I'm giving you signals now. I'm actually getting, doing yeah. a mime of what She's voguing. And they never... <laughs> well, not really. <laughs> they never really grew back. But we were doing a London show and she said to me, have you ever heard of David Sims? And I was like, that? no. Because mm. <laughs> obviously he was really fit and all yeah. that. I talked about him. <laughs> so I ended up working with him and that's where I met Guido. Yeah. And I was still at that time, I think, hiding between two sheets of hair so mm. it was a classic centre parting really long hair and it kind of served me well because I, I could hide or sort of come out yeah. when I was ready or at will yeah. and he was just oh I don't know what do you want to do and I just thought I haven't got a clue I'm 17 next thing I knew he just started buzzing buzzing my head and then we bought a packet of dye and it was like that real blue black from mm. a bottle and even I got the transformation on the day and I found that it was a lot easier to do serious posing right, <laughs> and things right. like that. Because I think once you sort of leave that part of you behind, mm. it's almost like I needed that transformation to kind of for things to click and for me to get it. 
to embrace and, and, it and, and to, to just kind of say, oh god, all right, they're onto something here. This, this crew, they must be pretty good. Yeah, they know <laughs> what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember we had the Verve. Mm. Do you remember the Verve album, yeah. the first one on loop? God, and yeah. it was one of those insanely long shoots that lasted about forty-eight hours. <laughs> <laughs> but I got it after mm. that, and I started to feel a bit more self-aware. I think, right? And and that was probably my start. And I think that was for Harper's Bazaar. Do you know what though? I remember those pictures and yeah. that haircut so yeah. well. Yeah. And I have to say, I was always like, oh, I wish I'd done that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Because it was so memorable and quite a moment. It's just even in hair. Yes. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, that, that's really yeah. nice to hear. Yeah. I and mean, I still think it's amazing pictures even now. Yes. Of, of you as well. But it was almost mm. like an exclamation mark. It offered yeah. me a kind of a reason to go out and be an outrageous poser, which I know that I can be. Which so is you quite knew it was in you. I knew it was. I but didn't. And then I, the I did. It engaged me a little bit. Mm. And I thought it was almost like having a look and not having to try as hard. But at the same sense, I felt like I could push a bit yeah. more. So it was kind of accidentally... Do you feel like it gave you an identity? Well, it was almost accidentally a bit anarchic. Yeah. And it was quite punk, and, and I got all of that, and I got mm. the references, and, and I just kind of really went for it then. Mm. Whereas I hadn't worked for a good 18 months with long, brown, polite right. hair, so right. I didn't have that climatic climb yeah. in the right direction. In fact, it was quite the opposite. I remember at one point them going, if we give you £50, can you go to Topshop and get some new clothes? You've got to get out of those cords. Mm. Oh, I love those cords. <laughs> <laughs> Beige cords and a brown suede coat I used to wear. And it was from the indoor market in Birmingham. And I just oh. thought I looked like the bee's knees, but clearly not. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe in Birmingham. Do you know what? They made me get a purple shirt and a black pencil skirt and I never fucking Do you know wore what? Yeah, I remember yeah. somebody taking me shopping and from, buying from me this agency. really weird um, like little skirt and top sort of beige. <laughs> Same one. Was it the same one? I had like a secretary in it. I know. She got her and I thought, I can't wear that. Yeah. I'm 25. No. Which obviously was when I was 16. Yeah. It was so not me. I felt so uncomfortable in it. Jade, I'm trying to think because your hair, I remember you, early pictures of you, you always had that, suddenly had a heavy fringe Mm. and the longer hair, and that became your look, didn't it, for a while? I sort of had that look my whole life. That Mm. was the thing. I And I think that. It worked for me in terms of commercially. Yeah. I think when you're looking for a blonde model, you kind of... And because I was so pale and, you know, quite strong looking, I mm. think that at that time, I don't think I would have had the confidence to let someone buzz my hair as well, I have yeah. to say. No. In fact, I remember being on a shoot with you a couple of years later and just saying, no thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought, I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to make any money. Mm. And in fact, I, when I did cut it all off years mm. later because I just thought I just needed to change and try yeah. something you know sure enough I did work editorially but the money stopped coming yeah. in for a while mm. so I think it just like different things work with different people and maybe mm-hmm. you it sort of transformed you in a different way whereas I just felt less like me mm. yeah I do you know what mean. I mean whereas I've got short hair again now and I love this mm-hmm. but you can do I can do a bit more with this and I yeah. love pulling it back and pretending there's mm. nothing but yeah it's also quite nice to have a little bit of something to, to mess about with I yeah I think it was quite personally transformative for me I don't think I'd have had the confidence to go out and do my job in the way that I kind of know I can now 20 nearly 25 yeah. years later <gasps> and I needed that I think to just give me a push out the door 
So. Do you know what's interesting as well with the both of you? Mm-hmm. Went to work for people like Jean-Paul Gaultier, mm-hmm. Karl Lagerfeld, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Alexander McQueen. Yes. And I think you'll probably agree with me on this. All those kind of designers that you girls worked for liked girls that were definitely elevated and also you Good had a word. real presence mm-hmm. about yes. you. Mm-hmm. And I always think of you girls. Yeah. I know you're ladies now. Ladies <laughs> We've never been ladies now. We've never been ladies now. <laughs> straight to women. You have a real presence about you. And I mm. think your height is probably one mm-hmm. of the things that does that as well mm. as the way that you both look. Because your look is very unique. You know what I mean? I, I don't know anyone else that looks like Erin O'Connor. I don't know anyone yeah. else that looks like Jay Parfit. Well, I think we look really similar. Yeah. Yeah, I think... Have you got a blonde wig here? <laughs> <laughs> you know I've got I a blonde know. wig here, Erin. So there are similarities. Yeah. And I think you're right. So things like shows, we work really well together. You don't together. ever mm. get confused. Do you know what I mean? At no one's ever going to go, no, oh, is that Erin okay, or Jay? No, you know what I mean? No. And I, I we, think... We marry well. Yes. We're a good pair. Yes. I mm. think. And that's why people are I think maybe... Together. I sort of felt like what you were sort of saying now is that quite a lot of the models it's a very different time mm. and individuality is till I mean I think now it's actually been much more celebrated than it has been yeah, over the last 10 years mm-hmm. but I would say that our kind of era or like even the era before us you know you, you know all of those models by first name because yeah. they're all really striking and individual mm-hmm. looking and it was kind of about the model you know, selling the dress. And then I think for a long time it sort of changed to, you know, the focus was on the clothes and it was sort of like, let's not make it about the model as yeah. much. Yeah. And we always had a few really amazing breakthrough models that get through mm. anyway, but I just think that the focus was different. Yeah. I think we were in a quite a special time where that was kind of really Definitely. celebrated that, and yeah. needed and the shows yeah. were you know bigger and mm. you know we were asked to perform at lots yeah. of you know that yeah. that side of Definitely it was a much performance more wasn't it when you were in these shows yeah wasn't like you were so. just walking up and down the runway yeah obviously you did shows like that yes but then these those particular ones became this performance yeah yes. and, and it was a really good time to be a model and we didn't know any different of course we so i mean i speak for myself it's quite green around the girls but i i was always more comfortable moving <laughs> so ironic because you know we work in 2d form quite a lot yeah and, and static is required for even even if you, you look like you're moving you're still mm. still so we had free reign and and it was a lot of pressure on the other hand because now there's a job for everything there's mm. a label for everything but we didn't have any art direction per se we didn't have choreographers and people telling us what to do we just had a kind of a Brief moment before the live show. You remember the Voss show? Mm-hmm. You know, the, the asylum, the lunatic asylum, yeah. when we had to unravel show. and lose ourselves and then yeah. find the music and, and reach that cue and that spotlight and then come off again. Mm. No pressure. Yeah. I remember him literally saying to me, I just want you to freak out. And I was like, brilliant, I I can do that right now. I was so nervous because of the build-up. And it was such an intense show, wasn't it? I actually really was freaking out. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to have any trouble with that whatsoever. Right, because I'm genuinely freaking out But do you think the fact that there wasn't so much preparation for it made it easier in a way? What do you know? Because with a choreographer and all those, you know, movement coaches... I think what was nice was that designers knew that we would be able to to deliver in a way that I feel like maybe the some generations of models now don't really get the chance to Mm. 
do their own thing and learn yeah. their trade in the same way because there are sort of choreographers on set and so on. I remember the first time I, have, I did a shoot with a choreographer on set, I was a bit like, what's he doing? Yeah. <laughs> I've been doing this for 20 yeah. years. What's what he doing? And he was yeah. literally saying, like, okay, okay now look yours. right. And I was like, okay. I got that. Yeah. Yes, you're right, babe. That's very yeah. passive aggressive. I love it. Yeah. Right, babe. Yeah. yeah, why are you telling me how to I mean, do my it's job? It's not my first time. I know, it's funny, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But so I think that certain designers, you know, looked to people like Erin myself and you know lots mm. of other amazing models that, that mm. they kind of knew okay you know you can pull something out of the bag and I, do you remember when we did the Dior show or was it Galliano where we went literally <laughs> I remember being quite hungover professional <laughs> as ever yeah and going in to do my fitting with John and arriving at Galliano in Paris <laughs> and, and somebody saying oh you you just sit, John wants you to watch this tape first. I was like, yeah, fine, literally. We yeah. watched just a lot went of tapes. totally over my head. <laughs> Didn't really put two and two together. Mm-hmm. Watching this amazing dancer leaping oh, across the stage. Is this the Isadora Duncan? Yes. Of course. Just like really, mm. you know, going for it. Yeah. And they're going upstairs and literally in my sort of slightly hungover, you know, 24-year-old, just didn't think like what's mm-hmm. going to happen. Yeah. Got me dressing around. John went, Mike, will you just have a little dance then? <gasps> it's like... The terror. Oh, God. What, as in what you've just watched? Yeah. Oh just, can you just go for it at sort of 11 a.m. on a yeah. Wednesday morning? With I've never heard this story, and I, I thought I'd heard them all. But Anyway, God knows how. They still booked me for yeah. the show. And yeah. then, but I knew that Erin was going out first, so she'd obviously done a better job at the beginning. <laughs> Not so. I, I think I felt a bit sweaty that morning <laughs> as well, but I knew it was all about sweaty and static with Isadora. Yeah, so it was a couture show. You know they like you to get there early. I mean, these mm. days, the call, the call time's really early, but we had an agreement. We were like, okay, we're gonna, let's go six hours early, so then we'll mm. get hair and makeup, and we'll still have like two hours to really like come up with... Pract- practice. Feel. And then we sat for six hours in, in hair, hair and makeup. makeup and we had not even five minutes to practice no. No. which in hindsight was probably that better because extraordinary I think these days you'd have sort of nine rehearsals well yeah they'd take well, the words off for an hour yeah. at least I mean yeah. I did a show the other day and we rehearsed three or four times and it gets to the point where you think what is this about now? I mean, yeah. uh, sh- should I have walked with a bit more of pace or purposefulness? <laughs> I don't know. Was this but it's quite very, a simple Yes, runway. very simple yeah. runway. Yeah. And it was quite unfathomable, really. But, you know, fair play. Things are very different now, but they're very controlled. Yeah. And I think the fantastic thing about when we began was just that it was just based off a lot of narky attitude and imagination. So instinct the designers... Well, right? Instinct. Yeah. And then the designers yeah. didn't really know or, or care to know whether we could deliver or not it's what they wanted and yeah. so actually although it was pressure it was quite liberating at the same time mm. just to be able to go out and just be released from whatever you thought or of yourself or yeah. who you thought you were and then because it was such an obvious transformation to just go out and just have that adrenaline I mean mm. we, we never had a rehearsal but we had bags full of adrenaline we sure yeah. did and water and water loose where you might have like a hint of a moment to sort of like practice some fierce posing yeah but that was really it wasn't yeah. it there wasn't there wasn't there was anything mm. nothing <laughs> in place you know but I think those those shows did have an energy because of that they yeah. did you know and do you have a favourite is it or is it hard to pick I there's so I, many special moments I think for me it was definitely McQueen and I, and I remember the boss show quite Distinctly, because my parents came to watch that show, oh, and they were and they were next to Izzy, who was just very generous and sweet, and mm. 
I kind of wanted to burst into tears when I spotted them in the audience. Oh, did you see them? And when I got them, my dad was crying back at me. And I remember him saying afterwards, just going, I just don't know who that is. I just don't know who that is. I just didn't yeah. know you could do this. That's not my daughter. Yeah. yeah. So that was the last time they were allowed to come. <laughs> <laughs> because it was, such, it was such an emotional experience. Yeah. It took me years and years. I don't know about you, but when I was actually at the height of... of going, I always call it on tour, like I'm some rock star, but doing the shows these for years, I caught myself for the first time years later in an airport terminal when my flight had been cancelled due to snow, because I couldn't quite piece the two people together, and I yeah. always had this irrational feeling in my head that if I saw her on that platform, that, that elevated platform, literal and, and, and everything else, I just couldn't quite cope with, with how that made me feel, so it mm. took me years to watch myself on the catwalk yeah yeah and now was I it do weird it. seeing pictures of yourself like when you're in an airport you're suddenly cat over and you're like oh god that's me yeah yeah that must be bizarre absolutely yeah i think it's... you're really in trouble if you don't think it's bizarre yeah <laughs> really yeah. i just remember feeling quite shy as well that someone might realize that that was me although i never obviously looked like the billboard <laughs> <and the> flash. <laughs> do you know what i mean it's sort of a bit embarrassed yeah. i think that's a really english thing isn't it to just, yeah. well, just apologize if you're yeah, doing well sorry everyone that's yeah, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Sorry, that's me. Yeah. No, I would never have done that. Do you know what mm. I mean? I would have just. But been that's like... a good point because I think by the time that, that we were ready, but whether it was runway or advertisement, you you didn't really look like yourself. So we were almost the antidote to the supermodel era yeah. because they were yeah. so self-possessed and so completely and entirely themselves, and that's mm. what people literally bought into in terms of luxury branding, desirability, and we were the opposite. It really was about. Becoming a character. Being a so canvas. We weren't yeah. being so to... recognisable in, in real life, I would mm. say, day to day. Yeah. The fact that we were six foot one and... Yeah. You know, <laughs> Towering yeah. over everybody. Totally conspicuous. Yeah. It's like, a weird talk <laughs> over there. Yeah. Why are they so tall? I've had people say that to me on the street. You're so You're tall. so tall. Thank you for letting me know. I know. Do you get that a lot? I know. I didn't yeah. think I was tall. Do you yeah. know what I mean? No idea. But you'd ever go up to someone and go, you are really small. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You, you would never. You'd literally get punched, you would you'd you'd literally get punched in the face. Yeah. Yeah. You'd be all sorts of things <laughs> totally. wrong about yeah. that. Yeah. But it, this is like a really weird thing to say, but it's not like you've, you, you sense that you're any further away from the ground just because you're taller <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking oh my god I'm massive yeah. it's like well, you just feel normal in your in your body but you both got yeah. brothers and sisters haven't you yes yeah. are you taller than them yeah yeah I'm taller than my sisters and my mom and my dad right and, and that peaked at around 15 so that was pretty okay. interesting I wonder where the height came from my dad's tall my dad's 6'3 yeah. mm. and my mum is 6 foot as well mm. but just that my sister I mean they're still tall don't get me wrong well, one's 5'6 and the other's 5'9 so, so they're tall women yeah. in that knot but like when in you're normal realms <laughs> yeah you're still yeah. quite a lot taller than yeah. them. So mm. I got the height yeah. out yeah. of the three of us. Yeah. I think yeah. I outgrew my first boyfriend. I'm not even joking. <laughs> what? Is it just rocket? Well, you can't see him anymore. As in, I'm like... going to finish you because I'm now <laughs> Basically. I remember thinking five years later, now. just going, God, I, I don't know what's happened, but I feel like we've literally grown in different directions. <laughs> like, literally. <laughs> I've gone up, you've gone down. <laughs> Savage. <no. laughs> 
really sweet. I keep tr- keep trying to find him and I still can't. I think he's trying to hide away. <laughs> oh, bless him. Oh. Steve, if you're listening, Steve. I still love you. Oh. Steve, do you remember Steve? I do, I do, I do. She just grew too tall for you. Sorry, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gated to be on my wildest expert. Yeah, yeah. So, girls, as... Well, obviously, when you were modelling, I know all models reach a point where you suddenly go, I'm not so flavour of the month right now. <clears throat> and I wanted to talk to you about this because I wanted to say, or ask you rather, mm. at what point do you feel like that's happening and then you kind of go, do you have like a wobble moment then? Or do you think, does well, it make I, you I go... I don't know about you, Erin, but my career is... It's like it's always been up, down, up, down. Yeah, me too. And you see mm-hmm. the other mm-hmm. models mm-hmm. around you as well going up and down. Mm-hmm. And so I, I feel like it's a really tough thing. Yeah. <laughs> because you're young and you're on your own. You're basically travelling the world age, mm-hmm. you know, 18 or whatever it is. And you've left your family and friends behind. And you do mm-hmm. have a lovely fashion family, but it's not... If you're having a bad show season or whatever, it doesn't mean that your mate is. Yeah. yeah. So it's That's very hard to empathise mm. because you've still got to be in it. If you're having the good week, yeah. you know, you could, you know, and if you're not in the good week, you know, it's really tough. That's a good it? point because your nearest, your mates, become like your family, yeah. and you really mean that. But then also, quite brutally, they're also your competitors. Yeah. Mm. So that that's a, that was always very tricky. Yeah. I think. Um, but it's a really good point you make as well about everything going up and down. I don't feel like I've ever reached a plateau where everyone's gone, oh, yes, you're right. Yeah. Marvellous. Mm. Yeah. But that's a saving grace. To me, that's been self-preservation. Yeah. And um, I think it's I think it's important, really, that we're still here. And I think it says mm. a lot about what the world is doing. And yeah. in terms there were definitely of... models that couldn't handle it, though. Yeah, so many. Left their you know, career almost too soon because yeah. they just emotionally couldn't handle the rejection mm. because obviously you know 90% of the jobs you go for you don't get no. you know because no. they're obviously they're, they're casting I don't think so many people know about that as well yeah, it's so a big, yeah. yeah it's a they just think you walk in and go you get well, you're it. in your and change you're going to get it yes yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, of course that still happens. You know, and I still have to send in a casting yes. video. Yeah. Yeah. as well. It's the yeah. same thing. People yeah. think because you've reached a certain level, well, you're, you work all the time, right? And I'm like, no. no, no, it's still up and down, and that's yeah. you. So, but I think now I'm at a point where I can really celebrate those times when yeah. I'm working and I'm doing something I'm really happy to do. And yeah. but sometimes the disappointment still gets you. You know, I had an option for a job just last week. And because I've been doing a few things recently, I thought I'd get it. And then I didn't get it. And I was like, mm. oh, I can't believe it. I've still got that yeah. feeling at this yeah. point. It's totally mad. But don't you think that comes from when you know that you could have just done a good job? And that's not a question of vanity. It's just knowing that you could have... Yeah, I could, yeah. Uh, I wouldn't have had a problem doing that. And and I think that's yeah. the frustration with the industry for me is that there is a real lack of control. Like, yeah. you can't just, yeah. like, be good at your job and work. Mm. Yeah. So You can cultivate a career, but it doesn't like require credentials. Yeah. You know, yeah. sometimes yeah. you might be really busy for a month, and then you might have a month mm. with nothing, and there's yeah. no rhyme or reason. I think nowadays, a little bit easier for models to be a bit more proactive in the sense mm. that there is Instagram, that is, you know, Snapchat, all the platforms that um, so many people follow. And so if you are having a quiet week, you can still be kind of yeah. putting stuff out there and yeah. kind of being in the seen. Whereas yeah. I think for us, if you were having a quiet few months <laughs> or whatever, do you know what I mean? There was, you were literally just like... Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. you literally doing? wouldn't be in any magazines for a season and, and that could be a disaster. And even if you didn't think it was a disaster, that could off, that was often 
perpetuated in yeah. some way, either by an agent or, or mm. whomever. It didn't matter. I think it's very, very vital, but also very difficult. Sometimes it, it for me, had has felt quite impossible to to maintain self-esteem. Yeah. Because you don't realise, especially going back to being youthful, that you get a lot of your security based off of the projections of other people and what they begin to tell you about yourself. And that's all new stuff. Because I didn't suffer at school, for example, but I was not the popular girl. I was never referred to as a beauty or or Mm. someone that that represented something Mm. that was physically appealing in any way. But then all of a sudden you are validated and judged actually in in, um, a 2D form for a long time I suppose I didn't realise, I don't know about you, but, but that was, that felt like it was enough. And then you suddenly realise it's really not. And it is often when the phone stops ringing. And you think, but why? But why? I worked really hard. These people said they mm. were my friends. And, yeah. But, but, but why? Have I done something wrong? And, and, and that's a kind of... I think the way I put it, it's sort of like everything, like the modelling industry is everything that you're mum didn't say like beauty's on the inside <laughs> yeah be a nice person yes. and things will work out yeah. it's the yeah. opposite of that mm. Mm. Yeah. it's very I mean? literal yeah it's like she's good for this she's not good for this yeah and and it and it <laughs> you know what i mean it can yeah. be that blunt right yeah. jesus i remember walking I mean, into a show and someone said oh are you still modeling oh my oh, god nice. really wow. have a hairdresser i'll tell you when we've stopped recording yeah yeah. yeah. Well, you know what, Erin, as well? Mm. I remember wow. being That's in Milan so one season mm. and seeing you at a show, and mm. you said to me, I went for a fitting meal, and they said, You heard them saying, I don't know if it was in Italian or what, but you heard them saying, I think she's a little fat this season. Yes, yeah. I remember you telling me that. And I remember looking at you and, Well, you might put a little bit of fat on her little <laughs> finger, maybe. Because <laughs> on her tongue. On her tongue, <laughs> or maybe on her tooth. But, yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. that brutal, isn't it, sometimes? It is. It's, I mean, it's, you know, really damaging if mm. you're 18 and someone... I, I remember going to fitting and it literally said on my picture, hips, can we fit her mm. like that? Oh and God. it wasn't like yeah. in a... They weren't being mean. They were just wondering whether they could fit my giant ass. But it's yeah. that... No, but you've never <laughs> had a giant ass. No, no, but you know what I mean. Like, I, I, I just... It's those things. Mm. I still remember it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. 20 it's, years later, I still st- remember it. remember the thing, the, the negative the neg, things. But it's a literal language. And yeah. then on top of that, remember when you're travelling to foreign cities, it becomes even yeah. more literal. Yeah. But when you're pushed yeah. and pushed and pushed enough, certainly for me, I remember when I first stood up for myself. I still mm. remember the house. I remember the guy. And I walked in and it was busy and bustling. And I said, oh, um, yeah, I really wasn't feeling it. And I was quite shy anyway. I said, have you got someone private that I can change? I was mm. like, I need to take my clothes off. There's some yeah. guy there, someone filming. Yeah. yeah. And they put me in a cupboard, which is fine. <laughs> <laughs> but because yeah, I had <laughs> questioned, I guess, their setup, or perhaps the first person that had questioned how they were doing things, yeah. they started um, slagging me off in Italian. I thought you were a drama queen. They thought I was being um, a diva oh. for actually requiring a Pretty bit of self respect. Yeah. Um, in order to make things work. Mm. So, and then they talked about the size of my body. And at that point, I think you know what certain words mean. And mm. I just sort of turned around and I went, do you know what? I don't think I can do this. I can't make this work for you. Mm. Because of the way I felt I had been treated. And he gave me a shove, a physical shove out the door. What? And said, fuck you in Italian. 
And wow. I never forget it. And I stormed out really big and brave. And then I realised I'd left my handbag oh, no. in the oh, no. showroom. So after oh. my departure of giving Mage side yeah, eye, I'm I'm out of here. I had to sort of slink back in. Oh, just grab the bag with my long lever and then shuffle back out the door <laughs> yeah, again. Yeah. But I never forgot it. But on the other hand, you know, you, you think about success and you equate that with landing great jobs and working with great people. But but the other side of success to me is in knowing who you are and yeah. how you defend yourself and how you, sounds really American, but how you grow as a person. Mm. And actually, the more self-aware you become, you know, we're older and we've talked about being younger and rejection and success. You know that you are really able to do your job and you do it well. Yeah. And I think boundaries are really everything. That's the only way I can make modelling work for me and yeah. justify it as, as an adult. Yeah. 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 You then went off and had kids, right? <laughs> yeah. Was that about the same time? No, no, I've got different. a really big boy. I've got a 13-year-old boy. Jackson. So I had my first when I was 28. Right. Planned or unplanned? Planned. <laughs> he was planned. I was in, I'd been in a, I was in a long relationship throughout my 20s. I'm no longer with um, him, yeah. but... We, yeah, we plan to have a baby. And mm. I think at that point, I think, I'm sure you agree, Erin, when you model, when you're in that world, mm. you feel so much more mature. I mean, yeah. now when I meet 27-year-olds, bear in mind I got pregnant at 27, I think they're babies. Yeah. You know, lots of them. Some mm. of them aren't, obviously, yeah, yeah. but for the most part, I think, wow, you know, you're... You know, mm. you're, you're still really young. And mm. I was, like, about to have a baby when I was your age. Yeah. So I was... I think I was actually mentally ready for it. Mm. I wasn't um, upset about it at all. I was absolutely mm. delighted. Yeah. Um, That's great. Yeah. You, yeah. you definitely were the first out of all of us to reach that place of being grown up and wise and, and, and ready for the next phase of your life. I don't know if I was that wise. Well, but... we always thought you were. I think mm. in some way you were a bit of a leader for, for us lot, for the, the likes of me and Karen Elson and, you know, even with Alec and... Mm. It, it didn't feel strange that you were the first to be ready right. to move on yeah. and do something, mm. do the most important thing I think you you can do. Yeah. Well, that's a nice thing. So it's funny, isn't it? When yeah, you hear these yeah. like other people's but perceptions of you. But it's, but it's true. And, mm. you know, you were mentally ready. I was still mental. You know? <laughs> just, but I mean that yeah. in, in, in a sense. I that, think I was mental too, but I just yeah, considered you that it was on a slightly different so way. So many people, <laughs> multiple personalities telling you who you are. It takes you, it took me, it was the opposite story, a very long time to figure out. Mm. Who I was in the midst of all the madness. Yeah. Fair enough, I think my having Jackson, my baby, he, your baby, my he's giant six foot man child now. Man child. Um, I think that really stabilised me mm. because yeah. it really gave me a grounding. Like you're here mm. now, mm -hmm. and yeah. it made you know I'd, I've moved back to London from New York a couple mm -hmm. of years before, mm. a year or so before I got pregnant, and. It just felt like a completely new life. Yeah. And it really, I really stepped away from modelling just because I couldn't get out there. Mm. I, I felt very different, you know, very different being a, a mum at home. And I'd lost my confidence a bit, which is quite normal, normal. as anyone Almost. who's been a mum knows. Oh, really? <gasps> oh, yeah. Mm. You just don't trust yourself in the same way. But also, saying that, also, I suddenly couldn't sort of go to Germany for three days for no money. Yeah, because just yeah. being able to yeah. get out of the door. Just um, be like, I'm off for a yeah, bit. Yeah, so it was both a, um, 
an intentional stepping back, but it was mm. also once you're out for a year or two, you know, people forget that you're, that you're around. It's yeah. true. So that yeah. was a dip, if you like. We're yeah. talking about highs yeah. and lows. Mm. Well, that's what I wondered. That's why I asked the question. Was, it, was that your moment where you went, mm, OK, maybe I'll have a child now? Back, I moved back to be with my boyfriend at the time because mm. it just wasn't going to work long distance. I felt at the time very strongly that that was, you know, the right decision, although yeah. things were a little bit tricky. And then I had the baby, and then actually we broke up sort of just before my son was two. And so mm. then I was in a completely different world from five years before, mm-hmm. where I was still doing all the couture shows and everything. I was suddenly yeah. sitting in Shepherd's Bush with a child, and I was a single mum. Mm. So it does make you ambitious and determined, but it also really limits what you actually physically can go out there and do, because yeah. it wasn't even like... I could go to Paris for a few days and his dad would be there. Yeah, yeah you're literally grounded so in every sense. It was a very different... You. It was difficult at the yeah. time, but I'm not... You know, I'm very grateful for that time. It made me mm. way tougher. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Half is the word. It's true, right? Oh, yeah. It's funny, and I look back at, at Jackson and meeting him for the first time, and I remember being in touch with you before and there was this crazy storm and then if you don't mind my saying <laughs> ambulance chat and oh yeah and he was a big fella yeah he was a big boy you know at the birth love it I love that about the birth now he was born in a hurricane he was born in a hurricane oh okay he's amazing yes yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then 10 years later... Neil's looking at me like slight panic that I might be telling him about my labour. I know, don't worry. I've got loads of fresh labour. Fresh labour stories if you want to hear them. A hurricane is enough for me to yeah. visualise. Yeah, so you yeah. know when you think you've had a tough physical day at work, you yeah. go through labour for 53 hours. Yeah. Oh That's a God. whole new world. No, I think I waited a decade before I had my, my yeah. first. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Put you, off. <laughs> you didn't put me off. I was I was in awe of you. She was like no hurricanes for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was in awe of you, but I was not yeah, I was not ready for that responsibility. Also my sister had her first when she was nineteen. I am still so in love with my nephew. In fact mm. he's lived with me now for a few years and oh, cool. he's just turned twenty five and I still won't put him yeah, down. But but what I saw in her was you know, it was a struggle. I yeah. won't lie. Mm. Just immensely brave, really. You know, she got pregnant and she made the very <clears throat> magnanimous decision to, to, to go with it. Also a single mum. And moving back into our house, the house we grew up in, you know, I was studying, I think, for my GCSEs and, mm. and she had birthed a human. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that really uh, shocked me and, and mm. it resonated with me that, that whole, this is a massive deal. Yeah. And also just knowing it was something I wasn't ready or able to do when it's in such close proximity and mm. I, I didn't necessarily know when I'd be ready to do it. I just always knew that I wanted them. Yeah. So when was your first one born, Erin? Well, the shitter is, is that... <laughs> <laughs> I, I tried for years not to have a baby. Right. And then when I tried to have a baby, it all went tits up. Right. So mm. I ended up having Albert when I was 37. Right. But he was by no means my first pregnancy. Mm-hmm. So that was a very humble oh, eye-opener about really how to enjoying. use your body. It had always been so literal. And then the humanness of, of knowing that your body wasn't quite working was a bit hardcore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I bet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Now you have Albert. Oh my God, he's a stalking beast. You fought for him and you got him. Yeah. And he's very colourful. Yeah. Mm. (laughs) He's extraordinary. Absolutely gorgeous. He he knows about Elton John because he's like Elton John. (laughs) (laughs) He said to me. Did he come out playing the piano? No, he said to me the day he went, Mummy, am I being a bit Elton Johnson? I said, said, well, you are a bit, but you've got it, so it's okay. Yeah. Yeah, he is amazing. And when your body does something like that, especially when you have been used to being valued and judged on your body and all of these impossible expectations, the beauty of your body and what it stands for, Mm. even just the the physical change of of having a baby when you're a model, you know, those conversations... So I had my second and last less than a year ago. And Mm. whenever I go to do a job now, they very politely say... Can we have a measurements? What size is she? Mm. And that is just how it is. But mm. what's really thrilling about having a baby is how your body does transform. Yeah. I mean, it's we've amazing. talked about this, haven't we? I put three and a half stone on with yeah, my me second too. pregnancy. I mean, I just ate my own house. Yeah. I was so hungry. Wow. <laughs> and for me, it became really important to, to nourish. I mean, I, I definitely overnourished quite a lot and really enjoyed it in that small space. Listen, what brilliant time to do it! It was reassuring. Yeah. You feel like you're feeding your baby and you're making yeah. them grow, and that's the most important thing in the universe at that yeah. time. Yeah. It's quite a pain to get off afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, I can't tell you. Often like that, because I had two little girls, not back to back, but 21 months apart, mm. age 37 and 39. Yeah. And after that third one, it's, I'm, I'm still struggling. Oh, oh come on, no. I'm not, I mean, I've lost the baby weight, but it's, yeah. you know, it's just... It's do you feel like it changes your body? Your body? It does. Completely. Yeah, it does. Like, do you know how to a way that it would never go back to what you were. Split open, yeah. yeah. You know, and so even when you manage to knit it back with all your Pilates and all the yeah. yoga you do and all that, it's not. By the way, Erin's putting a face right now as if to go she's what Pilates? Like, she's like what quite disgusted at me. Hers <laughs> no. is knitted back perfectly. Yeah. No, it really hasn't, everyone. It really hasn't. I, I've, I'm laughing and grimacing because I've started weightlifting. Oh, <laughs> love it! Love it, that. That's amazing. It's really good for is your. It? For your you just like anger. It's really good mentally. For yeah, it's so good. And I grunt and growl. I'm a growler. Ooh, yeah, and, and I don't have any. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, literally, this is the campus conversation. But to get it up, you have to be. You have to be really sure of what you're doing. Of course. <laughs> and then to sustain it. Welcome, <laughs> welcome to my world. <laughs> Be no alcohol oh, or intoxication. Do you want to drink some water or anything? No, I'm not right. good. But I might no, have a. What's this? What's this? Oh, that's oh, my tub full of sugar-free worthers. I saw some cookies. Do you want cookies? Yeah. So. <laughs> Quick tea break. Still no alcohol. I oh, know. Do you want alcohol? No, oh, stop. Sure. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> so, with, how do you find motherhood? Generally, do you oh. love it. <laughs> well, it's right. the most exhausting, wonderful ride of your life. Of your life, mm-hmm. and I, I, I think say. I was the best parent in the world until I had children. <laughs> right, and, and now I'm humbled every single day. Mm-hmm. And you look at the mistakes you make, and you have to just get over them. Yeah, because it's so fast-paced, and you learn from your kids. I would say it's not even every day; it can be every hour or every minute. They'll they'll come up with some profound question. Yeah, and Which they're you looking are to you to have the answer yeah. to for guidance. Obviously you know everything. Yes, as a parent, mm. and yeah, it's it's the best and the most challenging thing. 
I've ever done. What about when they are being, you know, I always wonder because... What about when you want to drop kick them out the window? Is that that (laughs) what you mean? That's the one, yeah. (laughs) When they're having a I hate you moment. Yeah. How do you deal with that? My my daughter, well, my two daughters, but my four-year-old particularly, she's four years old at the moment. And so she could be your absolute best friend Mm -hmm. one minute. And then Mm -hmm. if you, like, say, don't give her the second cookie that she's after... She literally was look at you with such a look. She go, "You are not the one." It was oh so God. cutting and amazing. Cutting and, and amazing. I just go. I literally go like, "All right, babe, I'm all right with that." Yeah, yeah. yeah. Shall we have a hug? Shall we, we go know? outside? Mm-hmm. It's a lot of distraction. I think. Yeah. yeah, is key. She she was a she had real problems. She had night terrors right. for a year. The year that I had another newborn, which meant. She woke up three times a night and screamed for 40 minutes like she wasn't even awake. Right. It's like it's like sleepwalking, yeah. but they're not awake, but she was just screaming. Oh, my God. And what so, do you do when that happens? I mean, I'd be like... Because there's no manual for that. It's just an It's There's instinct. nothing that you can actually do. Yeah. You just have to sit with them and wait out. I would say you, yeah, I'd say you ride the storm, and I think when you, when you experience that urgency, just instinct kicks in, and, it, and you realise how bloody powerful it is because you just wait Mm. and you hold and you wait for everything to be okay again and that's your job yeah is to reassure them i think the connections Mm. you do what you what you would do for your kids is like what you'd never do that for anyone else yeah i agree with that and i think the things you wouldn't do for yourself even you for your kids you you go above and beyond your comfort zone yeah and and do things that you don't even think you can just because in some way it will enhance their life or their experience or even just their afternoon Mm -hmm. i mean i'll tell you what i was (laughs) when alba arrived absolutely knackered yeah i've never experienced exhaustion like it in the first Mm. six months and it's that classic saying i think anybody that's your real friend they don't tell you they just allow you to get to that point yeah yourself which sounds perverse as i say it out loud but it's an act of kindness until you're doing it you can't imagine that it's like wading through air becomes the heaviest thing in the world and if it's somebody you know and trust you hand the baby over and you 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 basically face plant you're so knackered there's just nothing in between Mm. and just getting used to that sleep deprivation but having to be on yeah it's not like you're in a passive role and you can sort of stagger around and you you when they need you that's it you Mm. you are there to there's no, no. Like, I'll yeah. be with you in an hour oh, no. oh, I'm ever so tired. No, no. Can you just wait 20 minutes? No. Yeah. I think because I'd had one on, on, my, on his own, mm-hmm. I think that I, you know, was more aware this time around. Like, it sounds like I've got 19 children. But <laughs> and, but Maybe like, you I do. I was a bit yeah. more aware that it was, everything is a phase. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, like, mm-hmm. he goes through these really yeah. difficult moments, the sleep regressions, the, you know, the tantrums. Still being awake in the daylight as it comes yeah. up. You know, all yeah. of that stuff. And you're like, haven't actually been but to I sleep. I do know that it changes, you know. Yeah. And now I'm getting into the teenage bit, which is another new, new level. Fun. I've got teenagers and toddlers in my house yeah not well yeah. thought out well I, I can kind of relate my nephew is not my own but I claim him mm. and I suppose having yeah. been with him through his tender years of teens and going Absolutely. through uni and just mm. living with us I I suppose inadvertently he's been brilliant practice yeah. for how I'm raising my own yeah. boys mm. yeah. and he's brilliant because he really enjoys being rambunctious with them so they like to roll around the floor and just wrestle and yeah, things like boys, that right? yes yeah. which i think yeah. is it and i love having boys i'm sure if i'd have had girls i would have loved having yeah. girls too but mm. having grown up as one of three girls, girls it's lovely to be 
Yeah, and just the, just the joy of little boys, just how literal they are, the output of emotion. Everything's quite physical. Yeah. Which I can yeah. relate to. <laughs> <laughs> and they are joyful, you know. No, mm. no matter what you do or what kind of day you've had, the love is real. Yeah. It's so pure and, and urgent and I immediate. Suppose that's at the end of the day, it's yeah. quite unconditional, isn't it? Yeah. And it's Even when they hate you for four hours oh, yeah. or whatever, they suddenly love you again. Albert told me to move out the other day. Did he? he said, it's not working. It's not working. <laughs> Mummy, it's not working. You're going to have to move out. Oh wow! Yeah. I don't I'll take it personally it. at all. I think yeah. we really could, but I just say, well, this is my house. Yeah. See, I'd be a bit like to move See, out. I'd be the opposite. I'd be like, okay, this is the case. But you've got them. I think yeah. you're, yeah. yeah. Your resolve and is then so say, strong. We'll also say things to you like, Silver's just my little baby. She said to me, "Mummy, my best friend." You oh, know, and so then you just go like. Oh, just don't get any bigger. Yeah. yeah. Like, actually, this bit's a yeah. <laughs> Tablet we can give you to stunt yeah, your growth. Yeah. 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 But all ages are lovely. They're, you know, I'm loving the teenage bit too. Would you ever, if somebody fun. approached them to model, what do you think you would say yes? Or would you actually... Oh, I've got real anxiety about this. Yeah. You'd ask me this question. Mm. My, my, like, off the bat answer is no. Right. <laughs> Mainly because... You just don't want them to have the kind of emotional roller coaster that goes with it. But actually, mm. I was talking to Jasmine Guinness about this yesterday because she's got an 18 year old. And so it's a bit more of a question mark for, you yeah. know. But I, at the same time, I wouldn't want him or her or whoever it is to not have the experience. Like, yeah. there's so many wonderful things about That's fashion. It, isn't it? And there's so many incredibly creative people yeah. that you know have really enriched my life in so many ways and it's also done very well for me you know as a natural mm. career mm. I think that it's a very different world now mm. and what I've, my only my only caveat would be so long as you also go to university or you know yeah. if I could I mean I'm sure at that point they won't be allowing me to put any caveats on mm. whatever they're doing but I think for me, the the hardest thing about having been in this industry is that, like, for example, other friends on maternity leave, mm -hmm. you know, they have a certain amount of time, then they go back to work and it's yeah. there for them. Whereas, you know, the rebuilding of, of different aspects oh. of, you know, and I don't only do modelling, I sometimes do some presenting, I do, you know, event stuff, mm. I do some charity work, you know, I've got other things going on, but... I just I love them to have a bit more of a security about their yeah. income and, yeah. and and with that comes a freedom that I think can be hard mm. when you've been in our industry for a long time and we came in at an amazing time yeah. where the budgets were a bit bigger and there was you know a lot going on I think it's harder now so yeah. would I want them to go into that full time probably not but would yeah. I like them to get a taste for it absolutely it's almost like you want to you don't want to say no to them because yeah, eventually exactly. they will get to... I remember talking to Rosemary Fergus about mm -hmm, this mm -hmm. with her daughter Elvin. She was yeah. saying, the thing is, you don't want to say no because they might they might resent you. Yes. But the good thing is, having been in it, you can kind of guide them a yeah. bit better. Yes, she that's the that. thing. Yeah. Then they also get to an age, like she's saying, Elfie suddenly reached an age where she was like, I'm doing this job next week. And Rose would go, how much oh, money are you earning? And she'd go... None of your business. Oh, oh wow. yeah. Mm. Do you see, and that's the thing, I don't yeah. think I'd want Fair to enough. deny... <laughs> my kids the possibility or the experience mm. of it I, i'd like to think hopefully i'd be open-minded enough to allow them to at least have a good thorough conversation that's the 
other thing that the closeness of it because we've experienced it in a very intensive way no matter how they they how diff- how hard they 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 try to navigate their own mm. path of working within the industry i think the connection between our own careers would always be sort of following them yeah and therefore in a funny old way it doesn't become an independent experience for them fully mm. and i would worry about that as well because i think whatever my kids end up doing i want them to really feel that they have done it on their own and experience yeah. the the pride and gratitude and that and weirdly i don't know about you but with with the boys i've been asked to do quite a few shoots mm. celebratory and positive and i think my own personal experience hasn't been governed by these sort of long drawn out conversations i think it's just slight anxiety yeah it's just a real sense for me at the moment mm. of i'd like them to have exposure and lovely photos around the house that'd be absolutely marvelous actually but yeah. i want them to be of an age where they they have more of an understanding and a say it, mm. it's just my own experience so far and i mean not long ago albert was out with my sister and an agent approached him or her i guess mm. and gave gave her a card for Albert to do some child modelling. No idea who he was. No, I wasn't there. Right. I wish I was at the pub. But that's not a story. Excellent. And so I don't know. I don't know. I'd like to... I suppose the conclusion to that is... I just... Time will tell. Yeah. But for now, I think living in the shadows of the career that your parents have had is a tough gig. Yeah. It can also be quite helpful. Very. Quite Very. a lot of people go on yeah, and have and very successful Yeah, and this is why I'm being sensitive mm. in the way I am. Yeah, so I, mean, I feel like you said about Rose, I feel like Elfie's got a very independently a separate career. I mean, obviously mm. Rose's connections have helped and she's been able to sort of say, yes, do that, don't do that, go with that agency and what yeah. have you. And that's definitely a head start. But she's got that career now going forward because she's really gorgeous and good at her job mm. right so but rose also pushed her to go to university right so that's studied. interesting so that yeah. is what that's how i feel so like this is the way it. like if into you really it, want if to you're do still it, for it. Yeah. just have something else yes. to not fall yeah. back on but to be able to do and yeah i think that a lot of models struggle when they get to sort of their late 20s and perhaps things dip down a little bit for whichever mm. reasons if they haven't got something else to do, thinking yeah. then of starting a sort of three-year uni degree mm. at that age is quite a big deal. Yeah. I think you if know? you have your thing, it's the essence of what you do, your thing, and then you use it as something to have fun with or yeah. just maybe even curiosity. I think it's a really difficult job to hold as a job yeah. these days, mm. not just for models. I think for a lot of different contributors to the industry. So it would be difficult to go in full-time. Mm. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, just to right. pursue it as a, you know, if, you get, if it's a bloody hobby and you can get a bit of pocket money yeah. while yeah, you're doing it, then fair yeah. play. I'm all for self sufficiency. That is mm. the most important thing. My greatest ambition for my boys is that they can afford to live their life. Yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah, we'll do whatever they want. That's a big deal these days. It's really tough. Yeah. It is yeah. tough out there for them. No, it is. And if they decide to come to London as well. Yeah. You know, because. Yeah. Living in London right now is not cheap, as no, we it's know. Not. Yeah. You know, and I suppose it's allowing them to learn to be self-sufficient. That is the really. greatest thing I think you can instill in your kids in yeah. terms of ambition. Mm. Is is self-sufficient. Talking of doing other things, <laughs> <laughs> rolled right into that. Nail. Like how I led into that. <laughs> Beautiful. <one now. laughs> I know that you both are involved in charities and things like that, and like you mentioned a minute ago, Jade, about 
you've done some presenting, you've thrust a mic at me <laughs> a couple of times. That's what he said. But yeah, I mean, obviously, your presenting thing took off for a little while, didn't it? And then you decided you have two more children. Yeah. So I guess that got put on hold slightly. Are you still presenting? Because Erin, I know as well, you're quite involved in a lot of different charities, aren't you? Mm-hmm. I'm trying to find them all. You girls do quite a lot, by the way. <laughs> do you still do the one with Jasmine, Jade? So, no, we haven't done... Um, we, we had a sort of initiative and we did about three... We did three quite big events. Um, and that was in, Charity Clothesline. It was called Clothesline. Yeah. Um, it's actually very hard to be become a registered charity. So we we were an, an initiative and we gave our money to a brilliant charity called AidLink. Mm. And I think it was just that point of, um, you know, using some of the amazing contacts we had to raise money for mm-hmm. a cause that we really believed in. Yeah. So we were raising money for people who were suffering as a result of HIV and AIDS in sub-Saharan Africa. Mm. So that meant that... They may not actually have the disease themselves, but perhaps, you know, their parents had Mm. passed away or there was a whole sort of era of of grandmothers looking after the children because the whole generation got Mm. wiped out. And so we we funded all kinds of little small projects and and that was such a wonderful experience. It Mm. was really lovely to see um, how involved everyone in the industry how happy they were to be involved yeah. and donate things and take part in it. Mm. You know, Erin was always on, on our runways and yeah. big supporter. And so it was a really lovely, joyous thing, actually. And mm. I think the first one I did was at a bit of a moment, I was a bit annoyed with the fashion industry. And, and it was a really rewarding experience to... Mm. To feel the love in a different way. It is. Mm-hmm. It's the outpouring of support for something that we know is is beyond yeah. us and bigger than us yeah. and more urgent and just life. And actually, if you can use what we do as a vehicle to make some sustainable change and mm. even just provoke chat and, you know, educate, yeah, then that's a really powerful thing. And, yeah. and it was exciting to do my job, but also for there to be a purpose at the end of it. Yeah. yeah. And that got me thinking. And I think you do diversify and... It's brilliant to know that no matter how you regard what we do for a living, universally fashion is is um, speaks very powerfully. Imagery is everywhere. Yeah. So you you can utilize that and turn it into a conversation and a way mm. to raise awareness and actually, crucially, funds. And I suppose we grew up with with Naomi really, and she was a great instigator of all of that and you know mm. however many two decades later she's do, still doing fashion for relief but yeah. I think for us yeah. she made it possible to see that there was a bigger mm. picture because Erin you also did the show with Naomi didn't you was it the face <gasps> yes she face did face UK yes she did <laughs> I did I did that was my you first fling with TV did you like doing it no no Fair enough. Tell it like it is, babe. Yeah. <laughs> well, do you know, normally I've got a lot of things to say, but I knew I wouldn't, but I knew I had to step outside of my own mm. fear and limitations and just bloody well get on with it. Yeah. And um, we were all so different as judges, and I was so keenly aware of that from the start. And mm. it's mad working with someone you've known for a long time, but then you, you know, I I don't mind saying at all that I, I was, I really struggled with the whole TV mm. thing. Even just having that thing. What's that thing they put in your ear and then you speak? Oh, yeah. So I kept going, yeah, yeah, got it. No, like, no, 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 stop. You can't react. Don't say the script. I was like, so, so, don't, don't, don't. No, 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 don't repeat it. Just just say what I'm saying. Like, okay. Like, no, you've just said okay. 
<laughs> right. No, please don't say right. And I, I wanted to say it was a natural vehicle into a new career. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but it wasn't. But yeah. what I would like to say was it was it's really good to do things that you think are beyond you sometimes. Yes, beyond yeah. your reach of what you think you can cope with. Mm. And I was quite satisfied to say that it was the conclusion I thought it would be. Right. And then I got pregnant with Albert mm. for the second series. So it didn't go ahead. But it, it was exciting. It was a massive production. It was a different type of pressure. And all of these sort of hilarious theatrical fights that we had to do on TV. It, it, was, it was a good... <laughs> yeah. It was a good moment. But not something I felt I needed to develop. I kind of went inward. I went the opposite way when I right. needed to diversify. So mm. I got a job working with the V&A for three years and, and diving into their archives and looking at amazing fashion pieces that literally hadn't been aired for 200 years. Mm. And then I found myself in a real... In fact, we were both in that tricky spot, I think, about 10 years ago with the whole mm. size zero debate, which yeah. which flew and the tabloids were very busy sensationalising the problems. Mm. And, and initially they, they blamed the models because I suppose we were very recognisable people to pin literally pin Easy this targets. debate on. Yeah. And at the time, I, I also... I was working with the British Fashion Council so it was on the opposite side. So we were writing all the speeches, trying to get funds for the designers. And mm. I found myself in um, a dual role, which was quite perplexing because I was both the perpetrator yeah. and, and supposedly the sensible voice of reason. It really affected me in a very massive way, personally. And actually, mm. it wasn't just, oh, I got picked on, which is shit. Mm. Because it was publicly humiliating. It was a real sense of sorrow that if this is what the papers were saying we had done or how we'd influenced young girls, is that I was really sorry about that. Yeah. I'd always felt that I was the antidote to something that represented something that was perfect and unachievable. Unachievable. Yeah. I'd always really wanted to connect with the readers because yeah. still to this day I'm 42 and I just think, well, I can't believe I'm, we're doing this. This yeah. is really great. This is yeah. good. But it was the opposite of wanting to alienate people. I just, I, it was like inclusiveness for me. Mm. I had to look more into it for obvious reasons. I thought instead of getting very painfully defensive, I'm going to be a bit proactive here. Mm. So I worked with Downing Street. Sarah Brown was really instrumental with me. She supported me a lot when there was a lot of resistance naturally in the industry. Mm. And we went to the House of Lords and I campaigned for a law to come in in the UK advising that girls under the age of 16 were protected from working in an adult environment. So that was the first thing that was really important for two reasons. And the first was, first and foremost, they're not formed in mind or body. Mm. So when they're elevated into that very public realm yeah. and are given that status, and, and mental illness is going to be potentially very prevalent. Yeah. But then the audience receiving them, whether on the front row or sitting at home on the computer or just picking up a paper, thinking that that was the only desirable or attainable image to have and then to fixate on it on top of it yeah it's just very limiting there's lots of different so it just kind of escalated really and then we just didn't have a house or a place for models to go to rest and recharge and and you were brilliant you really supported me with the model sanctuary of course. Mm, I and we got one of the mentors yeah. mentors to come in and we created these these women and, and men as well who gave up their time and it was a a non-for-profit so I had to go out and, and do adverts for bread and butter literally for the first time just to mm. be able to give me money to run yeah the model sanctuary and then the spin-off from that my god I've had a lot of airtime here sorry guys go on Erin it's all fine walk, all walks beyond the catwalk and that was almost a bit premature because I kept 
this brilliant way of suddenly going, well, but why is there a lack of diversity? Why are mm. we ageist? Why are we so limited with we our expectations of, of what's a beautiful there, body? Who, who was really vocal about um, celebrating diversity. I'm just yeah. about to say and that. It, you yeah. know, it almost... Um, well, it, it was it was a big deal at the time, but mm. I, I feel like probably now it's actually great that we're talking about this now mm. and recognising the fact that full it's circle. It feels like it's a lot more in conversation now, yeah. and it's a lot more. Well, it's even not even conversation; it's actually in it's progress. Happening. It's happening, yes. isn't it? Mm-hmm. And I've actually written that down because I said one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about quickly was the fact that the whole sort of progression of the Me Too movement and mm-hmm, that kind of thing mm-hmm. has it even come down to like you said the ages thing because yeah. you're both in your early 40s now yeah. mm-hmm. but suddenly you're modelling again and doing these yeah. amazing shows and you know doing shoots and things like that mm-hmm. and I think it's all being celebrated yeah. so it's not just a conversation anymore which I think is amazing it's actually Going. I think also it's sort of like the women of our age, we love fashion mm-hmm. and we also, I think that people like to recognise yeah. people and recognise mm-hmm. that that's a woman wearing mm-hmm. that, so maybe mm-hmm. I could wear it. It's quite yeah. hard when you see something on a 18-year-old mm. perfect little body and think, yeah, yeah well, I could look like that's that. It. Do you know it's... what I mean? So I feel like it's more... Relatability, yeah, and 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 to reason with that, and actually discover that it's the most normal thing in the world. Why shouldn't there be every single representation of every color, race, everything? Right? Yeah, Yeah. beautiful being, you know, whatever your interpretation is. There's some, yeah. I'm still staggered. It still astounds me that this has only really been prevalent in the last decade. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because it's considering the process, you know, we, yeah. isn't it? But mm. it's nice to see it. I mean, I feel like, you know, we were at um, a party last night for Fashion Week and it, and it's just like a, a sensory overload. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because there's mm-hmm. just everybody and everything mm-hmm. there and everything goes and and I love it. It's a celebration I'm really, I'm almost. I'm really yeah. grateful yeah. that these younger generations have got that yeah. that that community. We were lucky that we were, we were in fashion, so we did have that community anyway. But it feels like now that's just much more the norm. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you're going out in London, you know, mm. it just feels like people are more accepting and more excited yeah. to um, celebrate who they are. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Culture is reigning again, you know, and that's what was so brilliant about fashion in the 90s was that it was so everyday inspired. It was all about culture and it was across the board. And I think the great thing about being here and being in Great Britain... She did. Yes, she did. <laughs> you know, we do work incestuously well across the arts, mm. fashion, music, film. Yeah. It's all togetherness. It's always been like that. And I think we've we've sort of retained that as well. Yeah. But but more so than ever, it's um, I have to say, moments like this make me even though the whole Brexit thing has made me not want to be British sometimes, I still oh, feel too. glad to be British in a way. I'm I'm sticking it I out, think, I'm here. We're yeah. Here. I think we're lucky yes. that we, we've been born in a country that mm-hmm. does oh, allow this kind of stuff to happen, lucky. don't you think? Yeah. yeah. You know, because there are other countries where it just doesn't at all. But I think we are much more open than a lot of other places. And I think that's amazing. Um, we'll, we'll look at Brexit as a blip. <laughs> I mean. We'll call it a, quite a major blip. Let's just say a, a flu. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Persistent cough for a decade. Persistent cough, which is what I've got right now. And you recently walked for Jean Paul Gaultier's last show. How was that? Oh, I bet you it was emotional it was too, so right? Emotional. Why is it his last one, by the way? He's been doing it for 50, 50 years. Really, is he just had enough? That might be why. Half a century. <laughs> with Pierre yeah. Bardin, and then he went to YSL, and then he had his own label. And it's right. just incessant, isn't it? Yeah. He's literally four, six shows a year. I think that he... He's, he's not completely shutting down his label. He's stepping back from the label. So he's right. not going to be at the helm in that sense. He's still mm. going to have an eye on it, he said. But he said one eye. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. brilliant. Yeah. He wants to do, um, you know, he's been doing this brilliant cabaret show, the fashion freak show. And um, I think that he's just really excited to do some sort of more fun projects. And yeah. not kind of just be like, yeah. you show, know, show, on show. that, yeah. constant. Which is what Karl Lagerfeld was, wasn't he? Karl Lagerfeld was literally on it till virtually his deathbed. Yeah, that, and much. that's it. And I think we, we had that conversation. He's like, I've just, I'm looking for more joy. You yeah. know, when mm. I started my label, I was doing my label. It was all very organic and it yeah. was a joyful experience. And, that, and I think he did so extraordinarily well to influence people in the way that he did, you know. So mm. we know about him, but my mum knows about him. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Dot down the shop knows about him. Yeah. And he became he really a thread of life. Her. Yeah every genre yeah and he just got tired out from not finding it so joyful anymore mm. or having achieved or i mean he surely hasn't got any other goals you know in fashion yeah. to achieve how old is he now 67 i believe because right. well, he was yeah, still he was young really. like he's young Maybe he's not, not old yeah. but no, he's, and he feels like way younger oh god yeah. so energetic yeah, and everything yeah. Yeah. It was, so it, was a, it was an absolutely oh, wonderful. Who treat. should I bump into at, yeah. at the fitting? Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, and it's like that hurry up and wait. So we had a gossip. Did you look chat. at Jade and go, "You're still modelling"? Yeah, yeah. It was a real joy. Yeah, yeah. we cried our eyes out. We Aww. absolutely cried our eyes out. It was so because you know what it's that thing like as yeah. you go through this industry. Obviously, you work with clients, and there's a yeah. point where you don't work together anymore. But you don't yeah. normally know when that point is. No. And Jean Paul is like this joyful person to be mm. around. He's so Kind. lovely and is welcoming. It? You go there, he's like, ah, oh, you know, have some chocolate, have some mm. strawberry. Mm. He's just very very sweet you basically just want to hang out with him yeah. he's yeah. so lovely yeah. and so it was always a joy and for us I mean we were extremely lucky because you know for a long time you know we were just in every show and so he'd be thinking about us while he was sketching you know and all of those kind of things so the thought that goes into that relationship and mm. that consistency of working yeah. with people through your highs and lows some seasons I wouldn't get some of the other shows, but yeah. I would always have to say right. he didn't care what anybody yeah. else what thought he of liked. you, mm. or whether he you were flavour of the season or whatever. He was yeah. loyal to what he, he liked loved and who he, he loved. Looked good. God, and that's and, rare, isn't oh it? Oh gosh, and he wanted to expand yeah. his idea of, of of you and and how how much he could literally stretch you to be more yeah. and and, yeah. and bigger and better. And and that's not just I'm not just talking, you know the hair and makeup and models, I think it's just his own personal go-to yeah. family and what yeah. they could create and how far they could push things. Mm. And yeah, He's just a true creative and I think between us we've probably done about 200 fittings with him. <laughs> and I can tell you, I can safely say I don't think I've ever had a full conversation with him once about fashion. Right. Interestingly. Mm. Always like to talk about film. And film, food. Yeah. Food. 
I'm fucking. Fucking. <laughs> Do you know he gave a speech in London a few a few years ago, and it was for his exhibition did at the Barbican. Yeah. Oh, I loved that. And everybody was amazing, with him. Everybody yeah. was with him, and I was really pregnant at the time. He finished the speech by saying, "And if I can say, finally, I had the best sex in London." <laughs> and the whole room just went. So Amazing. Funny. My mouth has opened wide there. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a real joy being there and being yeah. part of being part of the, yeah. the vision at the end. Yeah, yeah we cried. It was a real treat. Yeah. Didn't we? We held we on to each other. Literally, Twenty years. I was doing really well. Erin <laughs> came over and I was like, oh and then she just went and I was like, oh no. Oh, no. oh what a great <laughs> moment though. It was wonderful. Yeah. It was absolutely perfect. Yeah, well, listen, girls, thank you. Thank you. You've been telling amazing stories. Ooh. And I know we're really short time because you've got to run off to an event. Too. Can we just very quickly do these rapid, yes, yes. quick fire questions? You can answer in one word, quick sentence, but be aware of your time. Or four hours. Or four hours if you want. Yeah. What's your guilty pleasures? Or pleasures? <laughs> Jay, cheese. Cheese and onion crisps. Ooh. Ooh. Dirty. What did you want to be growing up? Ballerina. Erin? Mortal. Mortal. <laughs> Did you? No. I don't know. I didn't know. I think I wanted to be a teacher because it sounded good. Oh, okay. I was yeah. not a teacher. Clever. Mm. She's very clever. Who would you like to play you in film of your life? Jay Parfit. <laughs> Get your wig out, Neil. <laughs> well, I'll have a I knew that they'd play you that way. Yeah. Yeah, play each other. Yeah. What about when you're young, though? When, is, Oh, do you know who? Oh, Ray Lois from Superman. Love her. Oh, yes. Saoirse Ronan. Oh. Oh, my God, I can so see. I know. Yes. When, wait, she, she when, we, like when she first came way. out in that in that amazing film, I literally had about 12 people calling yeah. me up going, so, I don't know if you've yeah. seen this, but this I feel like you're in it. Yeah. I was like, I don't actually think we look that similar, but I think she's an amazing actress. She is great. She's yeah. Like Good answer. Mm-hmm. Okay, you've answered this new guilty pleasure, but what's your favourite food? Oh, chips with gravy. Oh, chips with more filth. Oh, she's so northern. <laughs> Midlands. No, Midlands. Oh, anything right, above babe. London, well, babe. So no. <laughs> or chips with curry sauce, which repels most people when you say that. But we used to have that at school. That's Did what they used to serve us, curry really sauce. Southern oh. here, but I was going to say cheese and onion pasty. I mean, okay, that is so the dream. you like cheese. You like a bit cheese. All right, calm down. Yeah, I like cheese, all right? Yeah. Did you get it? <laughs> <laughs> We got it, got it. Yeah, got it. Clear. There's a lot of cheese chat. Yeah, cheesy chat. Karaoke song of choice. Oh my God. There are Um, so many. Jackson. Michael Jackson. No. (laughs) Oh my God, my brain is working. The song's called Jackson. I'm going down to Jackson. Oh, I know what you mean. Johnny Cash. Johnny Johnny Cash. Cash. Johnny Cash. My son is called Jackson, and Mm. I love that song. And I love singing karaoke, like, when you're doing a duo, it's the best. Danny Boy. You know why he sings Danny Boy? Do you? We've done karaoke many, many times. I've got it on my iTunes of me and my sister singing Danny Boy. Maybe you'd like to finish the show. Right. You really would. (laughs) I was at school singing in a microphone, feeling like we're being really good. I don't know. Maybe I'm a bit of a maudling singer, really, to be honest. It's the Irish. It's the Irish coming out on you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If you could be invisible for a day, what would you do and where would you go? Oh, <laughs> I'd go to bed. Go, go to bed. Without the kids going Without the kids going Someone being on me. Just yeah. me. That sounds quite sexy. Someone could be on me if they wanted to. Like, Namely my, my boyfriend. Nobody yeah. else. I'm not being rude. <laughs> no. No. Yeah. What would you do, Chad? Shod? 
if I was invisible, like for day. It sounds like I'm sort of doing something stealthy and underhand. Maybe that's just my. Brain. Well, you could if you want. <laughs> it's up to you. Yeah. Shall I tell you what mine is? Go on. Yeah. I want to go and sit in Buckingham Palace. A few weeks ago, yeah. I wanted to sit in Buckingham Palace with, the, with the Queen and Prince Andrew and hear a conversation. Oh. Now I'd like to be in a conversation or hear a conversation between the Queen and Prince Harry. Yes, that's a good one. I don't know. I really am stuck with no, this I one. Don't. I don't know that one. No. Don't worry. But bed is a good start. Bed, bed. is a good start. Oh, Exotic. Go bed. Get a bit of sleep. Let's move on because mm-hmm. your time. Mm-hmm. Catwalk or editorial? Catwalk. Catwalk. Ooh, that was easy. <laughs> What's your best feature or personality trait? I still, I, I my favourite thing is to, I, I want to make people laugh all the time. I was just going to say, and I really use my body. Fucking funny. No, 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 to be <laughs> really fucking hilarious. Right? Yeah, it's a camaraderie, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Making someone laugh. If you make someone laugh, feeling. you're halfway oh, there. You yeah. It. yeah, right. Meat vegan or veggie? I'm veggie. Right. I'll do all I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, me, I'm the same. Sorry, you know. I'm the same. I'm, I'm actually... Monsieur Mange too. I'm, I'm thinking about <laughs> vegan, go. but I just... Madame and Monsieur Mange. She literally eat cheese, yeah, right, Jane? Jesus Christ. Yeah. What's your daily beauty regime? Or do you not have one? Oh, God, I get I up and I feel really, really happy when I've washed my face by 9pm. Yeah, if I brush my teeth... And You're happy. I do. I try... If I'm like, you know, I've got a little... A light base and a bit of mascara... I'm good to go. Okay. What chore do you hate? Dishwasher. <laughs> what actually? <laughs> What so noise was that? I sounded really terrible because I'm washing up, but all I need to do is load or unload, but it really winds me up. Oh, I don't mind doing the bathrooms, I don't mind hoovering, I don't mind laundry, but yeah, something yeah, yeah. about the dishwasher. I'm really sick of <laughs> cooking at the moment. Oh. I love cooking, but I have to cook so many meals. I was going to say, they because the different food eat, and then the, tar- the bigger child the tar- eats, and yeah. then yeah. I might try and eat with my husband. Yeah. And it's literally it's like the day, you can just eat cheese. Three meals a day. That's why she loves it. I'm not so good at cooking, but I'm not a chef. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I know. Yeah. It's not a restaurant here. Jesus. And also, yeah. there's yeah. a lot of like bad reviews I get. Do you know what? We're not in that, just in that thing of like Todd trying to feed a toddler. They're just yes. like, they only want to eat pasta and sausages. Yeah. Oh, okay. And, and do you know what that really disturbs me? Eddie's allergic to pasta. This oh week, it's only Tuesday. Do you know what I mean? I know. Yeah. yeah. Binge watch a TV series or watch a film? Film. Oh, I'm really in between. I'm quite into binge watching at the moment. Mm. Got really into cheer. Have you watched mm. cheer? Ooh, no. It's amazing. Netflix. Mm. Amazing athletes. I'm on the second series love of Sex it. Education. Oh, I love oh, that. Oh, yes. Yes. Love that. Yeah. That's just going back to that community that I feel yes. is prevalent now. Yeah. Final one. Have you ever done anything illegal? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that you want to talk about or air to the people listening. What have I done that I can tell you about? Nothing that bad, to be honest, but I do, I do remember nicking a couple of things when I was about 12, 13. Well, don't get me started. Nothing <laughs> exciting, literally. Things like... Yeah, like what? How long have you got? <laughs> yeah, I, I think... I think we've done quite a lot from work. I was about to say school. But we came from an era where you'd literally come off the runway after the finale and you just wouldn't stop walking. Yeah, you'd be like, I'll have those shoes. I'll just take those boots. I've had a lot of shoes for a while. Yeah. Yeah. They had really good shoes. They don't do that anymore. I felt guilty the other day taking the socks. Because then they were just worn out. Do you know what I mean? Well, also, they're your size for you. Yeah. They rarely were Not anymore. No, they don't do our size anymore. No, you've always got to squeeze in. Desperate. Oh well, well listen. I love thank that. you. Thank you. Thank you. Well done. That was. Thank you so much. I'm gonna let you run. Yeah, I suddenly thought. 
Thank you for listening to In Bed with Neil Moody with my marvellous guests Erin O'Connor and Jade Parfit. You can follow their antics on Instagram, which is at Erin O'Connor and at Jade Parfit. Erin O'Connor is E-R-I-N-O-C-O-N-N-O-R and Jade Parfit is J-A-D-E-P-A-R-F-I-T-T. If you want to get in bed with me again and another of my guests, then you can subscribe to my podcast on all the regular platforms to ensure that you don't miss an episode. There are other episodes, including all of Series 1, already available to listen to straight away. For those listening to my podcast as it goes live, unfortunately the next episode will be in two weeks' time due to me completely losing my voice and being ill with flu. Thanks for listening.